One, two, three, four, get my shoes and out the door. Five, I'm alive. Six, seven, eight, feeling great. Nine, gonna shine, life is good. I'm doing fine, ten, gonna do it right and do it again, yeah. I look into the sky with all the beautiful color, but there's more than just for me, so gonna share it with another. I got to show, to give, let out, I want to sing and shout. Take a look and see a beautiful morning. Hi guys, welcome to the Laundry Lowdown podcast. I am very excited, but also equally nervous because I'm about to interview my friend. And although I speak to this person frequently, and especially on the shoots, mm -hmm. I, I talk to you a lot, but this feels just like more important. <laughs> like an interrogation. I interviewed you this mm. morning, yeah, and but it, it felt it was... like I found out stuff that I would never have asked. Really? Yeah, I think it just changes the conversation a bit, and I thought it was okay. really interesting, so I wonder if we'll end up talking about stuff that we've never talked about before. But Let's I feel out. like, I think that when we have conversations on shoots, and with Jocelyn, by the way, I didn't say. I'm I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, I'm Jocelyn. I <laughs> have always been honest and open with you mm. and told you kind of like about personal preferences for a lot of things. Yes. But probably more so the last two years, I definitely have. Like on a definitely. larger scale. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We've had some proper insightful combos and stuff. Yeah. So that's interesting that you think that you have found things out, but maybe it's just a case that's not come up. I think it was like it was like starting from the beginning with you, I suppose, because we yeah. didn't really talk about things like how we started modeling with each no. other because we kind of know, but thinking of people listening in yeah, made me ask questions and then get some surprising answers that I just didn't know. And um, I suppose a lot of that information might be available of me already online, but then you would have no reason to be reading it. Sure, because I always think, well, I'm seeing her. She'll yeah. tell me. But then, of exactly. course, so maybe it will facilitate different conversations. That's exciting. For those of you who can't see us, which is all of you, um, <laughs> <laughs> Sophia is wearing a onesie at the moment. No, which... no, no. What? No. What? Right, so I reviewed this item for Laundry Lowdown, as you know, and they call it a toosie. Oh, my you God. You see, I don't like the name. It's not going to catch on. No, it's but not. But I like the item. But I thought it was a onesie, but it's not. No, it's a toosie. And I am lying on my back, like, pretending yeah. that I'm in the therapist's office. It looks like you are about to receive therapy, but so... you're not. It's the opposite. <laughs> you're going to be stressed and anxious afterwards. Let's find out if you can make me cry. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, okay, Thanks. I would like to start yeah. by... I want you to tell me... Five things that I might not know about you. Wow, that's a very interesting idea. Mm. Um, wow. Huh. I'm quite scared of other women. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. In what, in what context? I'm always scared they won't want to be friends with me, so I make friends really easily with boys and really, 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 really not easily with women. Okay. Um, wow. I love women. It's not that I don't want to be friends with them. It's just it's a much harder process for me. I would <laughs> agree that actually I think it's harder to make. I think that women are perhaps more guarded around other women. Well, yeah, that because be we can be judgment. mean to each other, can't we? And a lot of us have experienced that early in life. And, yeah. And often boys are less so. Yeah. Yeah. And I think boys are more... For I think men are more forgiving. I think we. I think maybe men move on a bit yeah, faster. I think so. So from perhaps hand in hand, all of that. Okay. Wow. Oh dear. Okay. Um, number two. That was quite a serious one. To it start was very with. serious, I but really, I like it. I really love knitting. It makes me really happy. What can you knit? I can. I can't knit anything very interesting. I can basically knit square a sheet, shapes. A sheet of a sheet of wool. But I can do loads of different stitches. Okay. Um, so I don't like to do 
patterns. I don't want to make jumpers. I want to make rugs. Okay. But I find that it gives me peace in my mind in the way few things do. And, okay. Um, it feels quite tranquil. But I tend not to show people online because I think it maybe makes me look really old. <laughs> I, think just... I think this is coming back. Now. It probably is. I probably shouldn't worry. I used to <laughs> knit a little bit. Did you? With my, so my nana Dot. So Aww. Dot is Doreen. Uh -huh. And that's my dad's side. She was actually the Lord Mayor of Leeds. Oh. And um, yeah, I used to knit with her, but I couldn't do it now. I wouldn't even know. I don't think I'd even know how to hold knitting needles now. Oh. To be if you ever want to learn again, I'll teach you. I just find it really good for my mind. That's like, good. Calming, mind calming. Okay, that's nice. Have you knit anything that I've seen? Maybe? I'm not sure if I actually have, but you I'll have show you some stuff house. later. Yeah. Look, look, look. My knitting's here. Oh, I'm, doing, yeah. oh, I'm doing some giant oh, like knitting that. at the moment. Oh, yeah, I like that wall. So this is going to be a cushion cover, <gasps> and I love it. It grows really fast because it's so fat. Yeah, so I like that a lot. If I was teaching a child to knit, I'd be teaching them this because it grows so fast. It's yeah. really exciting. It Whereas feels probably more rewarding to see it grow really so quickly. Rewarding. It's yeah. really rewarding. I love it. Okay. Um, right, number three. Okay, so a lot of people know that I... I'm married to a bondage producer mm -hmm. and I am kinky myself so it makes sense mm -hmm. but I don't think anyone really realizes one of the reasons that I love my husband is he's very much like my sister which sounds really really weird <laughs> it doesn't it does my face did not change I wasn't I wasn't puzzled or confused <laughs> like they both really like to read and they often want me to shut up and so I find it quite <laughs> relaxing because I spent my whole childhood trying to get my sister's attention and now I spend my whole life okay. trying to get my husband's attention. Okay. And I find it... He does give her attention. I just like does. to add. He, he does. doesn't ignore you. <laughs> Not all the time, no. no. <laughs> and I just feel like, oh, I just understand this dynamic. This okay. feels comfortable. Yeah. So it feels like it's familiar. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I'm really awful at fine arts. I can't draw or paint at all. And I think a lot of people expect artistic creative people to be able to to do all the creatives and I'm terrible mm. I'm embarrassingly terrible yes me too and I don't tell people that because it's awful but I think that you kind of like you have yeah. I used to think that you were kind of creative or not mm. and within the realm of creativity there were things you could do and things you can't which is definitely the case yes but I think that I am creative but not a creative mm -hmm, mm -hmm. do you see do you know what i mean yes, and i'd yep. say the same for you in that kind of like you have masses of intelligence like worldly like knowledge true. and kind of i really hate it because it sounds like something your dad would say but like street <laughs> street knowledge street <laughs> street wise we're head screwed i on. hope we do these do you know what i mean yeah, you I know what i mean by that yeah, yeah i do but I so i think that i probably used to think that you were either intelligent or creative. Oh yes, and that's not the case. It's is not it? the case at think. all. No. But then I think that I learnt my creativity much later than I expected to. Yes, and I think around the age of eighteen, you kind of feel like you're the finished product, and you really yeah, aren't. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, final one. I don't know if we ever discussed this, but I did no work at school, no academic work at all. I just what? I just decided to bypass the whole thing and I was very well behaved and quiet and no one ever noticed that I did no homework all the way through secondary school. I had no interest in getting grades, good grades at all, not at all interested and thank God I grew up enough between 
around the age of 16 that I and I did well enough in my GCSEs that I could do A levels and I did yeah. really well in them because suddenly I was mature enough to want to work but looking back now that I feel like I'm quite a diligent adult mm. I can't believe that I was so I didn't care at all. I wasn't embarrassed about getting really low grades at all. I just didn't care. This is like hearing a story about another person. Yeah. For the listeners, yeah. my I barely said a word because I was absolutely dumbfounded by like that is it's brand new information to me. And <laughs> it just does not follow your character that I know at all. I know. It I find it really hard to believe now because I'm really stressed about deadlines and stuff. The idea of missing doing some work, mm. I couldn't possibly do that. It was like I was a different person. I was just but really empathetic. But <laughs> when you went to school, did you find that the people around you were more kind of on the ball with doing their work and things? It sounds like you more knew than how me. To, it sounds <laughs> like you knew how to play it. I think like you I were did. you were quiet and you just kind of like stayed out of trouble. And I just wanted to be a ballet dancer, so I just wasn't interested. I was just waiting for class to end so I could go to my ballet classes. Yeah. And I think I just considered school like a kind of waiting room. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm ashamed of myself, looking back. Don't be silly. We all <laughs> have totally changed from our teenage years, haven't we? I thank God. Yeah, thank God we have. Yeah. So, with that in mind, what a perfect place to lead onto your dancing. <gasps> My dancing. She is very dancing right now. Whilst, whilst <laughs> Jocelyn has started this interview lying on her back, her legs have not stayed still, and it's like they're being puppeteered, and they're all kind of like flailing all over the place. So we both have dance backgrounds, Yeah, we do, we? but I kind of consider yours more serious. Well, I don't know. I think you did... Com- Competitive did, stuff, didn't I you? did a lot of competitive yeah. stuff. I think people take ballet more seriously. I did. Like, I took ballet it's a stri- classes. It's a stricter style, isn't it? I, I honestly don't know. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to assume because I've not done the style that you did. Um, but I mean, it's very mannered. It's got a lot of rules for sure. Yeah. Um, and I started ballet when I was seven, and I immediately adored it and I wasn't good at it immediately but I loved it and as soon as I started classes it was all I wanted to do I just wanted to do ballet Uh, and unfortunately I grew to the maximum height for a ballet dancer when I was 11 Um, so I auditioned at the Royal Ballet School when I was 12 and they gave me the bad news that I was already over the maximum height isn't that wild because in the, the same element of modeling when I started and as we started around the same time yeah jobs were kind of like when I was 18 jobs were for like 18 to 22 year olds irrespective of playing age is more important now of course but um kind of age on your birth certificate was the most important thing back then because in their minds 22 year olds would suddenly look really really elderly yeah so they would have so they would have the rules in dancing about kind of conforming to their standards yes regardless of how good you were at it yes and it's the same with one it was the same with modeling it's less so now yeah and i don't know if it's less so in the classical ballet world but it's it was probably certainly not, it? probably not because, of course, you have to be partnered with men and they have to be able to lift you. Yeah. And I would look very odd on point next to a normal size man. <laughs> so they were, I'm sure they were right, but it was a shame because it was the only thing I wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, so then I diversified a bit. I started doing acrobatic styles of dance. Mm-hmm. I did tap, modern, jazz, and then I discovered gymnastics when I was 14, and far mm. too old to start gymnastics. So that's actually mm. amazing, though. People might think that at 14 you're still so young, but yes. really by that point for ballet, you kind of have to be under the wing of a, of a, of a ballet school, don't you? do, you? yeah, you do. 
or a, um, or a kind of stage company yeah. as such, don't you? Yeah. Um, so I, I guess if you'd asked me at 14, I would have known I wasn't going to be a ballerina, but it's what I wanted to be, mm. and failing that a gymnast, or maybe both. So I was really not interested in non-physical things. I've always loved working with my body, and that's why I've enjoyed modelling so much, because yeah. it's such a physical activity. Mm-hmm. Although, thank God, it's less strenuous than dancing. Um, yeah. But you do get to use your body and make shapes with your body, and that's what I love about it. So when you did the gymnastics, did you compete at all? I did compete, yeah. I loved it. Um, I So I did artistic gymnastics. I did like beam, bars, vault, floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, I started way too late to ever have made it into a national team yeah. or anything. Um, but yeah, I did all right in competitions. And I liked choreographing routines, mm-hmm. so it was right up my street. And then I got injured at 18 and had to stop gymnastics and dancing and trampolining. And suddenly all the things that given me joy in my whole kind of life were just you. gone in mm. one go. And I had to sort of start from scratch. And thank goodness I found other things I enjoyed. Because of course some people probably don't. And I was lucky that I I was on my way to drama school on a dancer's course. Mm-hmm. And they let me swap to the normal actor's course. And I had no idea if I was going to enjoy acting or not. Because I'd not done that. And it turned out, well, thank heavens, I do like it. I like it just as much. And obviously we know because of the way modelling is these days, modelling is acting, really. We yes, do so much video it stuff. Re- it really is so much. I think even with photos, you're still yeah, portraying. of course you are. Um, it's just kind of a different strain, isn't it? And so, so being in front of a camera, like, awesome. So when you swapped to the acting course, yeah. how old were you then? 18. Okay. And so did you, when you kind of moved more into the acting and modelling side. I, I don't think that happened at the same time, did no, it? No, no, it didn't. So, so you started with the acting? Yes. So I went through drama school for three years, kind of the same as a university course. And then I became a professional actor and I worked professionally for four years. And just as you were saying in your podcast, that the idea of modelling had always had an appeal. I just didn't know how to do it. Yeah. So I went to some agencies, probably a little the same as you sending off your pictures. So I went in for some go-sees because I was living in London. A go-see is uh, like an interview. Yes. And the first one I walked in on, it was was a fashion agency, a good fashion agency. Mm. And they just went, oh God, you're too tall and started laughing. And as far as I knew, there was no such thing as too tall. I mean, it's ridiculous. Too tall? Um, And it turned out I was. Um, So I didn't get an agent. Um, so I think fashion agencies are kind of looking from, for models from 5'7 up to 5'11. Yeah. So worst, you're an inch too short, I'm three inches too tall, basically. Yeah. Um, and, and on that day, what's uh-huh. very interesting is I had a conversation with Faye Taylor yeah. a few months back. Uh-huh. And we had briefly spoken about um, it kind of not being the most conventional for what agencies look for no but interestingly the people that i know who have lasted so long in this industry are those that their agencies completely knocked back yeah you yeah. me natalia Faye, mm-hmm. like zoe does well and zoe, zoe is yeah not, zoe really does well. not work for lingerie lowdown um but she is a an incredible model like art and fetish model makeup skills yep she does so so well and um but uh she would not get agency representation either, would she? No, no, we're all like we're all misfits from that yeah, point of view. Like, really, we are. So I just gave up. I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess no one's going to want me then. But at the same time, photographers kept approaching me in the street because I was in London, of course. So I was in a yeah, you lived in London, didn't yes. you? Yes. 
Um, and so photographers kept coming up to me and basically offering me work. And I thought, well, maybe I can, maybe I can bypass the agency. And it turns out, thank goodness, yes, at the time have. we could start, when, time, mm. when we started modelling, you started being able to bypass agencies, probably for the first time. Yeah. Um, and so I just went online, put up a portfolio, and have been getting paid work since 2003. Where did you put the portfolio? One Model Place, Did you? Oh, I loved that site so much. It was a beautiful site. It looked so commercial. It looked very glam. I think it looked like high-end, didn't it? It did. It did exist. It does, but no one uses it anymore. It was really good. It was really aspirational. international jobs. Yes, it was fabulous. And yet it didn't have the kind of seedy look that people associate with new modelling. Yeah, yeah, it had it had a great look and I got some amazing jobs from it. Me um, too. Yeah, there were some fabulous photographers on there back then. Um, yeah. I mean, I booked so much of my work for LA. Yeah, yeah, so totally. It was so, it was such a good resource. We don't really have anything like that now that's no. a good, that's a kind of international resource, do we? Well, Model Mayhem should be, but it, it's such a, I find it a very unpleasing site to yeah, use. Yeah, it's isn't it? Yeah, and I just think the interface is not very good. No. Like one Model Place had a beautiful interface and I loved yes, it. it was pleasing to use, wasn't it? Yeah. OMP, yeah. we would call it for short. OMP, yeah, yeah, it was So that's it the was first delightful. site you registered on? Yeah. The first portfolio website that I registered on was Netmodel. Oh wow, which was like the other extreme. It was the mm. amateur, like a lot of unpaid work. So it's amazing you started on there and managed to succeed Actually, immediately. but my first job did not come from there. Right, okay. My first job came from the Models Club. Oh, which the Models was, Club! It had like a very basic collection. Not, no, not I a basic, like a basic interface, didn't it? Yeah. It had a forum, which had high levels of traffic it was yeah, a very it, it? it had a good discussion base and back when we started being involved in forum discussions of the industry were a very good way to raise your profile oh and you were very good at doing it i never did it but you did do it <laughs> i didn't have anything else to do i so. used to just get angry too quickly like <laughs> oh did you yeah yeah i'm just shutting the door so yeah, we don't hear the dishwasher yeah okay so omp <laughs> and then i suppose so you got that's where you put your first portfolio. Yeah. And then did you do all of the sites for portfolios? Because you kind of needed to yes. do all of them back Yes. Then, so you? I was on OMP, Models, the Models Club, yeah. Model Attic. Oh, God, yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Um, Net Model. Yeah. And oh, there was a Midlands-based one that was terrible. Was it BC here? No. Oh, my gosh. I was on there. Though. That I used was to love awful. That. I used to get so much work from that. I mean, it was awful. Awful. But awful. I used to get a lot of work on I that. never got a normal job off there. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. <laughs> there, were, there were all these, like, kind of strange compromises of different things. Yeah. And I used to get people... I made the mistake, because I would been an actor, and you were always giving your phone number out as an actor, I didn't realise you shouldn't put your phone number on a yeah, model. Yeah, as a model, it's kind of, like, it's different, isn't it? So I used to get people trying to book me as an escort, and I didn't even realise that's what they were trying to do. So they'd phone up and say, can you model for me this afternoon? And I'd be like, no, because I've not got anything with me. Like, yeah. no, I need to go home and pack a bag. But sometimes I would be able to, and I'd say, like, yeah, what do you need? And, and obviously, during the conversation, they'd be realising I wasn't an escort. But I had someone from BC here who tried to book me. Totally normal-sounding shoot. I remember where the location was and everything. Yeah. And at the very end of the phone call... He was like, oh, just one more thing. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, would you would you be okay with me being naked? And I was like, 
No, I, I wouldn't be okay with that. That would be really weird. <laughs> that's not how it happens in the why, industry. Why? So he said, no, no, that's fine, that's fine, it's, it's, it's not important. And then he went completely silent and I never heard from him again. Yeah, so I we never shot. That's um, a good thing. So I yeah, then I started to be really suspicious of being seen here. Um, but I, I mean, I probably did get some actual jobs from there. Yeah. But it was really, it was like a, it was like a smorgasbord back then, wasn't it? Mm. You had to be on all these different places, whereas now you can be on Purpleport and, and that's, that's it, it and that's fine because yeah. it's all that's the platforms of yeah, 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 totally. Into one. Yes. Do you think that you need a presence now? Because you know you have. For those of you that that only know Jocelyn for working on Laundry Lowdown, Jocelyn has had an incredible career of literally <laughs> flying across the world. Like they, I should imagine that the only continent you've not worked in is the Antarctic. I have not worked there. But, but yeah, you worked right. in every other. I mean, I I'm, the, I'm the same. I've, I've, I've yeah, worked we like in... Yeah, we like it, don't we? We like, yeah. it. we like flying. We like flying and being able to kind of do that. And people, like, will fly you around the world. You're extremely well published. Like, your look is so diverse and so is your, por you. and so is your portfolio. I love it. And your client list in terms of published work and also working for amateurs and semi-professionals is also vast as well. So with all of that in mind, do you think that you really need a portfolio presence now? I think I need it when I go to places I've not been to before, basically, and that's why Is I there anywhere it. left you haven't been? Um, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, like a different area of Germany, for example. Okay, fine. If I'm just going to a different area of Germany, I suddenly don't know anyone, or I know the one person who's flying me there, and I want to find okay, four you want more to shoots. Book around that. Yes, okay. so that is super useful, and I think it helps you to keep being introduced to the new generation of photographers as well. I mean, I think you could probably argue that just being on Twitter would do that, okay. but yeah, I think for getting new clients, and I always think I don't want to rely on just clients I've already got, mm. because of course there'll be atrophy, there'll be people stopping, sure. retiring all the time, and so from that point of view. Yeah, I like. I don't put as much effort into the portfolio online no, as I, I used to, but I think I uploaded one new picture last year. Yeah, and I think a lot of successful models will be in the same boat as you and me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not putting that much effort into it. I, it's not like we care about how many. Like references we have we've a, got. No, I don't care at all how many references I've got because it kind of it doesn't complete me. It no. doesn't really say that I'm good at my job. No. What well, they they do. But it doesn't, they're not what get me my jobs. No, whereas some models would be very, very much into trying to get as many as possible. Yeah. Because when you're starting out, that is the sort of thing people look for. There is, interestingly, a model mm -hmm. who I won't name mm -hmm. on <laughs> Purple Port who, um, yeah. in her portfolio notes, yeah. she refers to herself as having the most referenced model like okay. on the internet. And she probably is. Okay. But, like, nobody would, nobody in would actually know who she was. Wow, and that I seems like thought, a really strange thing to care about. Yeah, but then like she is probably working every day, or most days, and, but I think kind of when you try, maybe perhaps the reference is more, is more important if your goal is to seek the amateur market. Maybe, but I feel like once you've got 20 good references, uh, does it matter any more than that? Yeah, yeah like, I mean that shows that you're not going to turn up and be crazy. Yeah. And that's all, I mean, that's what the references system is really for. Well, it's for. what it should be for, yeah. So all I want is to not have negative references, really. Mm. Um, and and I'm good with that. So 20 plus reference. I have no idea how many I have. I'm sure the same for you. I, I don't know. I don't, I, mean, I really don't care. No. 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 You mentioned Twitter briefly. Yes. And you said that kind of 
keeping up with trends of the industry or photographers and things mm -hmm. like that. Do you find that you get much work from social media or do you find that you are perhaps a little untrusting of people who might contact you there initially? I do get a lot of work from social media and I probably am a bit untrusting of it depends you know if it's a if it's a photographer's profile yeah and you can see they work with other models then it's great yeah um and you can find yourself booking shoots really quickly mm -hmm. through twitter for example but if it's just a person who says they'd love to photograph me and their name is like joe 23 yeah uh yeah the first thing i say is send me your portfolio yeah like where are you where yeah. can i see your work because I think, well, we've talked about this before, mm -hmm. I don't want to go to a random man's house and get tied to a chair in no. his basement. No. I, my time for doing that is in the past. I am, sure. I'm done with that because the risk is, I think, too great. Yeah. Not necessarily of them doing something terrible to you, but of just you having a really bad experience with somebody who doesn't really know what they're doing. Yeah. And I'm, I think I'm done with that at this point in my career. I want to work with people who are competent. Yes. At least as competent as I am, I don't. I don't want to be shepherding someone through if they really don't know what they're doing. Do you yeah. find that you get many new photographers who want to work with you, either amateur or professional? Like, do you find do you think you're many people's first time? Yeah, I am quite a lot of people's first time model, and I I take that really as a compliment. Obviously, it makes you want to be careful, of course. So I would tend to ask them to work with me in a studio if they've not shot before. Mm -hmm. um, but no, I, I like it because I think it's really intelligent of them to realise they're new and that the, by booking an experienced model is going to make the situation more pleasant for them. Yeah. Whereas a lot of beginner photographers think they need a beginner model. Yeah, and that's just the blind leading the blind, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, so I respect anyone who's starting out and tries to do it properly by booking an actual professional. Mm. And so I'll always try to help if I can. Why do you think new people would choose you? Like, what do you think that they see in you is the right reason to, like, I why, why think, should they book you? I think the reason a, a new photographer would book someone like me or someone like you is for the reason that someone would buy a vacuum cleaner from Hoover. That just, they might have been aware of you, even though they've not been shooting, they might mm -hmm. have been aware of you for ten years. Yeah. And I think it's just a trust thing. They know you're going to turn up and they they trust that you're going to do a good job for them because you didn't start modelling last week. Mm. And I I think it's probably that. I mean, I'd love to say it's because I'm so beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful. But I think it's a trust thing. And I think that just as we know, yeah, we know we're like vulnerable, that we need, we need photographers to treat us properly. Mm. I think photographers know they're vulnerable, that we can come into their studio and steal stuff theoretically or we can yeah, say all the stuff about them afterwards and i think that they want to book someone they trust just like we do yeah okay and so you've done all this you did all of your dancing and then you did some gymnastics yeah. and you've done you did some acting and obviously now you do so much modeling and i have no doubt that you still do some level of acting kind yeah. of in a more commercial side as well yeah but you also produce. I do, I do, as as you do, of course. Yeah, but I, I think, yeah, you do love it, but I, I think that it. you get quite nervous about I it. I do get quite nervous about and it, what, yes. what makes you nervous? <laughs> I think I probably get nervous as a producer because I know, as you do, how variable producers are. 
as a model, you can have amazing days with great people, and I know we agree about a lot of the people mm -hmm. who are great to work with. Yeah. And you can have days that you really dread with other people, with other professional producers, but just that, for whatever reason, give you a day that you don't necessarily very much enjoy. Mm. And I think I'm just always hoping that I'll be the sort of producer that people will enjoy the experience of working with. And of course, you can never see yourself from the outside, so you don't really know. And so I think it's that that makes me nervous, just wanting to give models the best experience I can. Because you, because you are both sides. Yes, and I've not really got an excuse for not getting it right. You know, clueless. Mm, okay. That's yeah. I think it's probably that at heart. That clueless male producers who never model themselves, mm, and never travel around the world. Yeah. They don't necessarily understand why you might want to go to bed at nine o'clock and get a proper night's sleep, and not stay up all night drinking red wine with them. Yes. Yeah. But we know why. We yes. know what you need as a model, and yeah. so being able to provide that is really important to me. Uh, so yeah, that's why I get nervous. Do you, but do you hire anyone that you, the, the models that you hire, mm -hmm. like myself? Yeah. I think you hire Zoe. I hire Zoe. I hire you. I hire Zoe. Um, I hire my friend David. I hire my friend Anthony P. Scott, and I hire my husband, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and that's so you it. don't have. <laughs> That you don't hire anyone that you've not worked with or have like you have existing no. working relationships with those people. I literally just hire my friends. So when customers contact me, they say, "Who can I have?" and I say, "Well, there are these four these people." Two. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want a girl? I've got these two posters, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, that is fun. Um, because I don't, I don't want to hire people who don't love the job, um, and who I can't trust to have a good time i i want i don't to want to do anyone. a good job as well of course yeah. yeah but almost more important is i just want to match jobs up with people who will enjoy doing that job yeah um, yeah i don't want to be coaxing someone into doing something that's the that is their interesting levels. because when i when i was i spent a lot of time producing last year as you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. and i've shot you a couple of times <laughs> yeah and you're a very good producer thank you Lovely. i'm much better now like i want to i should probably book you do it now like my producing skills are far superior to the <gasps> couple of occasions because we I've keep learning you. don't we of course we keep learning but that's interesting that you say kind of you want to match people up with their jobs so when yeah. i have produced people before there are absolute standout models that i have booked like in the last year yeah so i shot Natalia last year, I shot oh. Lauren Louise last year, Alice Sikkim and Bonnie Bellotti. Oh yeah, I love her. And they probably had the most, of the girls I shot last year, yeah. they probably had the most energy that was consistent Fabulous. throughout from beginning yes. to end. Yes. They had the best wardrobe yep. and, and things like that. And then I suppose there were other models that I shot because I knew that they'd be good to work with. Sure. But I could kind of see that I found it a little frustrating actually because if someone's mm -hmm. work work rate attitude does not match mine. Yes. I have an awful habit of thinking they're lazy and that's not fair. Because that is, you are like you are quite on the sonic. extreme end of Yeah, I am and it, yeah. so it's not a fair judgment to make. No. But I really want to utilise every kind of like inch of my being and every and all the time yes. that I have. Yes. And so when you have not necessarily hired models, but when you've had to work alongside other models, for example, for your husband, how obviously I mean that's technically how we know each other. Yes, absolutely. We were we were booked together to work for how absolutely, Weber. yeah. And so when you work alongside other models mm -hmm. that perhaps 
are published and yep. are well known and do work a plenty, but when their attitude is not consistent with yours, how do you how do you cope with that? Yeah, not very well. Probably the same as you. I I start to feel quite negative mm. because, and I know we've talked about this before. This job just feels like a gift to me. Mm. It's it's such a lovely, satisfying, stimulating career that's given me such privileges. And I I think it happens to be a pretty well-paid career as well. Yeah. And so when I see someone who really doesn't seem to appreciate that, um, I, yeah, it's, I find it really frustrating. I think, I'm, and I, this isn't very fair, but I think, okay, get out of my industry then. Yeah. Because it's a gift, you only want it to be for the people who really kind of are appreciative of yeah, it. Yeah, who are appreciative and are invested in actually doing it well. Because mm. I don't think being a model isn't your reward for being pretty. It's an actual job. And you have to actually do something. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I find it very frustrating. I mean, I have always said the internet has been the death and the evolution of the industry because we wouldn't be where we are now without the internet. But we don't no. know where we'd be had it not changed. No. And with the kind of huge influx of social media it has given even more models the opportunity to kind of refer to themselves as a sure. model sure and that um the social media model yeah i find very tricky to get my head round because i think a lot of companies will assume mm-hmm. that you um I, you don't have the most Twitter followers. I no. certainly don't have the most Twitter followers. But there will be models on social media like Twitter or Instagram mm-hmm. that have hundreds of thousands of followers. Yes. But it doesn't equate sales. No. And do no. you find that some people, do you ever find producers making comments about your, I mean, you have. 22,000, I have 27,000, and that might seem mm. a lot to a lot of people, but really, in the grand scheme, it's, it's, it's not, not at is all, it? is no, it? It's, a, it's quite a small amount between yes. us. And so, do you find that you ever have producers making comments, oh, well, so-and-so has 100,000? Oh, God, no, I haven't had anyone do that. That would really annoy me. You see, I have had that. Oh! I had a company in America... Oh, God! ...that asked for my social media account. Right. And I just thought, and when I knew who I was up against, I just thought, well, what? There's oh, literally no. no point. Oh, no. Like, the thing... I and I don't think... They consider social media models my competition. No. And I always think, as long as I've got more followers than the producer, which yeah. I always have, uh, I think, well, that's fine. Like, I will bring you business because I've got more followers than you. And, yeah. Um, yeah, if anyone tried to be a dick about it, when they have fewer followers than me, mm. I think I'd say, I still have more than you. Yeah. Yes. Quite so, a lot. When I was writing my... When I was... I've written a book. It's exciting. I've not read it, but I can't wait. Um, so he's not got a publishing deal yet, but he's got an agent. But while I was trying to get agents, a few of the agents said, oh, you mean, we need you to have a bigger social media presence. And I thought, oh Why? my God, you don't know about shadow banning, do you? That mm. people in our industry often get shadow banned, so we're actually unsearchable, which makes growing your social media presence a bit difficult. And I thought, but what's your excuse, Mr. New York agent? You've only got 1,200 followers. Yeah. <laughs> so don't you tell me my social media presence should be bigger. Yeah. 
No. The legs are moving. The dancing legs are <laughs> the back. The fury legs. So for, for <laughs> the people that don't know, shadow banning is where mm. you, you will have a presence on social media, but you, you, can't, you can't really be found because they... The, com- the social media company consider you to be a risk. dirty, yeah, dirty. dirty, dirty. Even if you're not really, de- even if you mark your content as 18 plus it's or kind of funny. not safe for work, you will still be somewhat. So basically, the only fact. way people can find you is by googling Ariel Anderson Twitter, which is my um, modern yeah. name fetish stuff, or if someone who isn't shadow banned retweets you. And yeah. it's, it does mean that our social media presences are growing much more slowly than it's they used tr- to. It's tricky. It's isn't really it? sad. Yeah. But then I suppose I don't. I don't feel like I need a huge presence. That, I used to think it was true. important. It's true. I used to um, think it was important because, as you know, my ins- I used to have uh, an oh, Instagram. Oh yeah, I'm with, so sorry. With seventy thousand followers, and when it got deleted by Instagram, I was I was honestly no so warning, worried obviously. that it was going to make an, a difference yes. to my earnings. And generally, people say it doesn't. It's not made yeah. the blindest bit of difference at all. So all that effort in building a social media presence, obviously, it mm. it gives you. I mean, it gives you freeloaders, doesn't it? It yeah. gives you lots of people who want to look at you for free. Yeah. Which is nice, but yeah. it doesn't actually make you any money. No, uh, it doesn't so, build your career, does it? No, but yeah, just as external evidence that you are a real somebody, um, it is useful to have at least followers on somewhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So no, so I don't have a photographer say that, and it would make that's me very good. <laughs> and so, do you find that those who, some models who are on social media that have lots of followers, would you say that they are no direct, not in a catty way, but they're no direct competition for you? Yeah, like, I think uh, the people who are direct competition to me are the specialists who work in the same specialist field. Like me, me. <laughs> 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 well, like more BDSM models, really. Okay. I mean, I know you do some BDSM yeah. stuff, but um, a huge amount, like. My direct competition, there's a there's a model in the States called Vika, mm-hmm. who works with a lot of the same clients as me. Um, I guess Rachel Adams, yeah. maybe. Um, but no, like an, a glamorous internet model mm. who wears lots of bikini tops, for example. It's not uh, No, it's like, I mean, hooray for her. I'm yeah. glad she exists, but she's not my competition. No. 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 And the great thing is with modelling the way we do now, when we model produce... You kind of create your own brand, and no one can be you. Yes. Um, only you can be yourself. And that is actually a good place to end this, I think, because yeah. that is that it's is a nice. good point. Like that, everyone thinks you need a USP. Well, the, I, there's only me with my face. Yeah. So that is my USP, so only you can be you. And I used to try, I used to diet and stuff and try to be thinner or try to be different or try to be more muscly. And now I think, no, no, I'm just going to leave that to yeah. people who are naturally thinner or naturally yeah. more muscly. And I will be here yes. with my physique as it is yes. and my hair as it is and my mind as it is. <laughs> and you will either like it or not. Yeah. And hopefully there will continue to be enough people who like how both of us are yes. for us to make our livings well into old age. Yes. Well into old age. We'll be gilfs. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. <laughs> Which somehow I find less offensive than MILF, just because it's kind Thank of... You. I find it more funny. And also it sounds like it sounds like Gandalf. Yes, it does. So it, it sounds like magical, being okay. a MILF. Like you could do magic like spells. Like an old little naked lady that does magic. Yeah, I want to be a cougar. Cougar. A cougar? <laughs> a cougar. It's not a thing. It's like an old cougar. Okay. I've decided. I like it. Yeah, like a granny cougar. Yes. 
I like it. That was your. It hit. was my hit doing a good old crack. Yes. Having said, I'm super energetic. I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to go to bed now because we have a co-performer arriving in a couple of hours' time, mm -hmm. and I feel like I might still be just quite irritable from talking about lingerie all day. Yeah, I and also you have literally been up since before five. I have, and I think I'm just going to keep trying to tell him about panties if I don't get a break <laughs> from talking about underwear. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for allowing me to question you. Thank I, you. I was nervous, but I really enjoyed it. You did it. a great job, and I loved your question okay. about um, five unusual... Now I want to know later, when I'm awake properly, I want to know things that, about you. That I, I think you know, know everything. I feel like you know everything. But that's what... I mean, I feel like we know everything about each other, but actually but we really. found out stuff today that we didn't know. Yeah. I thought of one. And I'm not going to say it now. Goodbye. Okay. Thank <laughs> you for Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. <laughs>